You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Welcome to Clown World Day 2. How's it going up there on the hill, Bruce? Well, quite insane, really. I mean, it's a show trial at this point. You have uh, uh, Ditch Mitch saying, um, excuse me, um, Senator McConnell, uh, up there saying that um, you're... Minority leader. Oh, yeah, that's right. Minority leader. Yeah, McConnell. Okay. He's up there saying that uh, the senators that voted for basically said the impeachment was unconstitutional, that they could still vote uh, to impeach Trump and have him removed. the, The Senate trial is meant to be removing the president, so I don't understand... With the chief justice of the Supreme Court right. sitting there, Presiding. which he said, look, I'm not even going to sit in on this because he's not even a sitting president. We can't actually do this. John Roberts, of all people, said that. So, yeah. So instead, we have um, uh, we have someone that is both going to be a witness. He's also um, judge and juror as well, overseeing this. That, that, that. Who's doing it? Uh, Patrick Leahy, I believe. Oh, OK. I believe is the senator that's sitting in for Chief Justice Roberts, and he's also a witness and part of the jury. So I it doesn't seem like a show trial at all, right? Uh, no, not at there's, all. There's also um, Josh uh, Hawley uh, refused to go in and hear the the uh, trial evidence or any of that, and was actually sitting in the galley uh, gallery reviewing paperwork. So yeah, just. Uh, Looks like quite fun. How long is this going to go on? Is this going to be like a week long thing? Is it a, a couple of day thing? I mean, what, what are they hoping to accomplish here? I mean, this is like I, I don't understand. Like they're making themselves look like complete idiots. Well, I mean, they, they do a good enough job of that already. But how long is this going to go on? What, how long are they expecting this to draw out? The Democrats, I mean. Uh, well, I mean, you have all the Democrats on board and five senators um, that are on board with this. So. Uh, if they continue to be on board, um, we'll see, uh, I, I don't know, an, an unprecedented verdict on this one of, to a, an American citizen at this point. He's, he's so, not even yeah, was, president say, or political office of any kind. He's a private citizen. You, yeah, the, like he's a private can, citizen now. A, a Senate of the United States cannot haul in private citizens. We have civil courts for that. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's the point of it. He, he should be in a civil court for this or criminal court, even if they're going to allegate that he committed a crime, but there's nothing there. Like, no. So as far as this is concerned, uh, it's a show trial. They may vote to not allow him run to run again. I I honestly don't know. Personally, I don't think he was going to run again anyway. I I think he was going to have his son run again or, or, you know, I think it's what it was about. Yeah. I think that's what it was about. He was supposed to be the placeholder for Don Jr. down the road. Uh, and you can see Don Jr. kind of keeping his presence known. Uh, he's up to, I think he's he's up to over a million. Uh, yeah, yesterday was over a million subscribers on Telegram. He's officially on Telegram now, Don, Don Jr. is. Uh, and his channel's got over a million subscribers. As a matter of fact, let me have a look. He's got, 
He's up to 1,011,552 subscribers. That's that's pretty good considering he's only been on there for two weeks. So that's not too bad. Instead of doing like all the Twitter stuff and Instagram and all that stuff, he's doing everything on Telegram and he's reaching a large audience over there that he otherwise wouldn't have. So I think uh, him making that move over there was was good. I also heard Trump move to Gab since we're talking social media. I also heard Trump move to Gab. I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but I had heard that yesterday, I think, that that's where he moved uh, officially. But that's hard to say. I, I don't know. But I, I haven't heard the media crowing on anything yet. I mean, as soon as the media comes out with a headline about, well, we need to we need to shut down Gab. That means Trump's probably there. So that, that would be my guess anyway. But probably. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I would imagine he would jump to all the other um, conservative ones, quote unquote, conservative ones, which are really just companies that want to you know, encourage freedom of speech. Man, it's quite quite a fascist uh, tendency, isn't it? To to say we don't like the the words that you say, so we're going to have to shut you down. Quite fascistic, isn't it? Did we go over which senators voted for the impeachment? By the way, we did Republicans. not. No. Okay. I, I I'll think, bet Mitt I think Romney a, was one of them. Uh, no, he actually voted against uh, doing it. Oh, you was mean Mitt, sorry, Mitt Romney? I was thinking of McConnell. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Romney did. Yes. Yeah, I heard McConnell uh, was against it, and actually, McConnell is surprisingly. I don't know why. Uh, but surprisingly, he's arguing against all of these proceedings on top of it. So it wasn't as simple <laughs> as backing away from voting. I mean, it wasn't as simple as voting no. Now he seems to be arguing against all this stuff. So I don't quite maybe understand that. Uh, maybe he's politically aware and feeling he's in hot water on the next election cycle. He is in hot water. He is in hot water. Yeah. Next election or not, he is in hot water. Look at all the dealings that he's had with these Chinese Communist Party companies and, and the dealings mm-hmm. with his family doing business with the Chinese state bank. That's a problem. That's a real problem. So these Republican senators, uh, if you consider yourself a conservative, I would put them on your never vote for you again list. Personally, I said five earlier, but really it's six. I mean, you got to include Mitt Romney as a Republican because supposedly he's a Republican. He's not. But anyway. Uh, you you have Susan Collins of Maine, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Lisa Murkowski. That's no Alaska. surprise for many of these, by the way. Yeah, no surprise. Mitt Romney and Ben Sass. That one annoys me actually. Yeah. Uh, and Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. Uh, the reason Ben Sass really gonna, grinds my grinds my him? gears. He's He's supposed to be a strong, like, constitutionalist type. He's supposed to be, you know, the conservative, whatever, you know, he's a result of the Tea Party, I believe, so on and so forth. The reason he voted uh, the way he did, uh, he gave in to Trump derangement syndrome. He allowed that, for lack of a better word, bitterness to take root. And uh, he, he fell into that pit. And so... I, I think that's why he's um, violating his uh, constitutional beliefs and, and whatnot and, and is going for, forward with the trial impeachment. So, again, I'm, I'm curious, how long is this going to last? They're going to continue and drag this out as much as possible. I, like, I don't even know what they're presenting here. I, I really don't even know what they're presenting. Like, they're not they're not presenting any actual evidence of anything, although the statements coming out of the Democrat Party, uh, what was it, two days ago? They said they've got, quote, devastating evidence and it's rock solid. Like the Russia? Through the evidence? Russia. Yeah, through the Russia yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so the arguments that we've seen so far is just them taking founders, letters, documents out of context and manipulating it to their own views and then saying, 
the, basically questioning uh, voter fraud or you know the 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 integrity of our election is in, inciting violence and all these kind of things um, is basically their argument. Which if that's their argument, then Republicans had better take you know lessons from this and fight back with the same uh, the same concepts but you, you know republicans are yeah, yeah they're they're not going to do that they're you just too, said uh, two things that don't go together republicans and fight back yeah yeah that, yeah so how long do i think this will last i've heard some democrats are looking to pass policies uh that we're not going to like as um constitutionalists and free people so they're looking to start passing regu- uh, regulations as far as climate change, COVID-19, all that stuff. And because of the impeachment stuff, they're not able to do anything because you're uh, constitutionally, you're supposed to drop everything to see to the trials and everything, the impeachment, and then it's back to normal after that. So I imagine it's probably going to be a week, maybe. Uh, I don't think they're going to drag it out too much longer than that. A week to have a conviction on of which they have no grounds to convict anything on or even hold a trial. Like it's an yeah. illegal trial. All of it is. You, you don't even have like they're, they're pursuing impeachment, but you can see where they're actually like the actors that are up there. The, the clown show that all this is with these idiots up there with these masks on their stupid face. Take the damn mask off your stupid face, first of all. So you're not talking like you've got a, a pillow stuck on your face. How about that? Can we start there? Knock off this farce and let's hear what you actually have to say. And let's get it out there. They present all this stuff and you can tell where they're struggling. They're struggling to actually try and keep with the Constitution or whatever. And it was so it was so ridiculous seeing them open the proceedings with a prayer. This is a party that says we need to have all the churches shut down and you're going to lead with a prayer. And at the end, they said, amen. How can you do that? It's supposed to be a man and a woman, right? So how how can you do that? If you're if you're a Christian in this, uh, according to uh, the Homeland Security's um, memo, if you're a strong religious person or, or, you know, believe in, I don't know, Christianity as an example, you're a uh, religious extremist. Yeah, they're trying to follow procedure. I'll put it that way. They're trying to follow procedure. But in the process of trying to follow proper procedure with an impeachment proceeding, they're not able to do it. You can't follow what's going on with like the constitutionality of it, I, I guess. Like you can't do that. And, and have it seem legit. So they're struggling. So I saw them in the opening statement of which is supposed to be made by Chief Justice John Roberts, who's not there. And by the way, uh, the person that's sitting up there is supposed to be impartial. You've got someone up there representing the Democrat Party of the opposite party. You can't do that. You, you, you cannot hold a trial that way. It's just not possible. There's supposed to be non-biased uh, judgment over top of it. And so Our Supreme Court is supposed to be non-biased. It's supposed to be non-biased. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, you got John Roberts up there. I mean, it's and, and all the rest of them. I think the only two non-biased people you have up there are Sam Alito and my man, the rock solid Justice Clarence Thomas. Those are the only ones. Uh, and the rest of them, you don't know which way they're going to go. But uh, as far as being consistent and staying non-biased and sticking with the letter of the Constitution of the United States, which is their role, Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito, those two right there. Those two have been no compromise uh, through their careers. And I know Clarence wants to retire. Come on, Clarence, just give us a few more years. Will you please, please, please. We haven't talked about this one. The Amy Coney Barrett, since we were talking about that, we were hoping mm-hmm. she would be a good constitutionalist and, you know, all that stuff. Do you hear the religious, the the ruling for the California churches that she, uh, the, the comments she made on that one and what she I did not. As? Did she, did she rule against that? So she basically said that the churches are supposed to be reopened. However, 
she basically gave the governor power to regulate on how how many can be in church and whether or not you can sing or not and you know things like that so it should be left up to the states i'm having difficulty understanding uh where where the first amendment says you're you're I, I don't know where in there it says you can only have 25% capacity in the in the First Amendment. It, it says you're you're allowed to peacefully assemble and freedom of worship, freedom of speech, freedom of the press. It's kind of I mean it's it's pretty clear. I mean it, you're you're not to be restricted on those things. See, this is why we have a, a clear distinction, or we're supposed to, between church and state. We've completely abandoned that entire idea during all of this. You've got the churches out there, and we've had the conversation about churches, and Bruce, you've made your opinions on what's going on with the uh, the Christian uh, congregation, shall we say, nationally. Where have they been through all this? Well, honestly, I think it's not it's not just the um, it's not the flock, if you will. I hate to lump them all in, but it's the uh, the leaders of those churches that are not the ones that are standing up. Or, or do you I, disagree? I, I agree with you that it is the 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 preachers, the ministers, the priests, whatever you want, whatever your uh, leadership is called. Yeah, that that's true. But the thing is, is I expect everyone to be able to quickly think and to to be able to do things on their own. So I blame the flock, the people attending, just as much as I blame the leadership. They're all equally at fault here. And so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to lay more blame on the, the ministers than the, the people. Right. You all should be learning on your own and you should all be standing on your own together, if that makes sense. Right. Individually together. No, it does. It does, because that's what it's all about. We're all about the rugged individual. But at the same time, we have that rugged individual about us that allow us to have and build that sense of community and a sense of family uh, and a sense of unity based around that. So that's what it is. And I, I agree with the statement that uh, the CEO of uh, Telegram said the other day. When you have small communities, you have strong, independent, critically thinking leaders that come out of those communities. And so when you have small groups and you have individuals in those groups, that, that's what happens. You you have that. But instead, it's been turned to this or turned into this large, all encompassing system that's going to dictate how we live and what we do that's passed down from uh, the top all the way down to the bottom. And that's not what it's supposed to be. That's not what it's supposed to be at all. Uh, I'll, I'll add to that. I was a member of a large church, very large church here a few years back. And the people that came out of the church were actually free thinking, critical thinking. It's because they left the church. The people that remained were the groupthink ones. And eventually they came to and left after, you know, five years or so. So that that is true. But at the same time, even in large groups, if you will, they they still end up leaving. And because of critical thinking, it just takes some people longer to you know, wake up than others. You know, GP, you're awful quiet over there. So I guess I'll have to I'll have to pull on your chain here. Mm -hmm. I thought you were joking yesterday when mm -hmm. you said that or was it yesterday? I think we were talking the Super Bowl yesterday. I thought you were joking yesterday when you said that Tom Brady is being called a racist for winning the Super Bowl during Black yes. History Month. I thought you were joking. <laughs> I wasn't joking. I swear I thought you were joking. Nope. I wasn't being facetious or anything. I was being completely serious because that's in normal conversations over here in California. This is absolutely unbelievable. Innumerable people took to social media to complain that the NFL star Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl during Black History Month was racist. And not mm -hmm. only are they saying that this one was racist, but every mm -hmm. Super Bowl title he has ever won has been during Black History Month because the Super Bowl is in February. Right. So... 
Apparently, oh, I didn't get that part. That's great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, this is a they, yeah, they this just, is a no. just go overboard. All right, let's go overboard. So he won the uh, the Super Bowl. So that would be his uh, his seventh one, prompting outrage due to the perception that Brady once supported President Donald Trump. Oh, oh no, and the Chiefs' quarterback being black. Oh no. Now see if he supports it. Now mm. see he can't he can't do that. Doesn't go doesn't go with the agenda. Doesn't play. That's the agenda they play. Now we we know that that's not. We, we know that that's not how it is, but that's the agenda they play. That, that's the agenda they play. Honestly, do you know how, whatever, I, I don't care who the athlete is. I don't care what color they are. I don't care if they're male, female, trans, what, I, I don't care, right? I don't, I don't, what their sexual preference is. I, I could care less. Are they a good athlete? Are they good at what they do? It's terrible that I have to sit here and explain all this in the first place. That's the bad part about it. Mm-hmm. The fact that these people are professionals in what they do. Mm-hmm. I, I know professional sports stars. I know former professional sports stars, mm-hmm. and so do you. Do you know how good you have to be to be the worst person in a professional sport? You've got to be phenomenal. Yeah, you're great. Exactly. The worst person in a professional sport is still better than you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That sounds it sounds crazy, but that's the way it is. Do you know how it good is. you have to be to be the worst person in the professional sport world? Yes. So we can't do all of this based on skill. Which is what it is. They possess a they they possess a phenomenal skill to be there in the first place. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. But now we're going to turn everything into identity politics because it, we have to play the agenda rather than skill. Skill and merit are being overwritten by agendas and wokeness. That's what it is. It's the race to the bottom. It really is when you think about it. Yeah. Many Black Lives Matter supporters scalded Brady for having the temerity to win, suggesting he was a racist for doing so. So he's racist for winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll quote some of the tweets here. Just thinking how Tom Brady has gotten all the gotten all his rings during Black History Month, some to think about, seems very racist to me. Some to think about. I have to remember that. Something about Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl during Black History Month feels racist. I feel like it's racist. This is a white guy saying this. I feel like it's racist that Tom Brady beat Patrick Mahomes during Black History Month. Tom Brady winning all these Super Bowls during Black History Month is kind of racist. See, the agenda of this whole racist stuff is to shut down mm-hmm. the argument completely. That's what it is. It's to turn everything mm-hmm. is to turn everything off. So there's no debate. USA Today sports journalist also wrote an op-ed last week expressing her fury at Brady for not apologizing for his white privilege. I don't know if they're aware of this, but uh Brady worked his ass off to be in the position he's in to to win those Super Bowls that he's won. He's an old uh, guy would, too. Yeah. He's the oldest guy uh to have won a Super Bowl. So I mean, the dude is skilled. I, I, I don't understand why. It just it, it baffles me. The logic they're using here makes no sense. It's not logic at all. Well, what happens when you have no logic in a in a conversation? What happens when you have that? Or if you get caught lying about something, what happens then? What should happen? I mean, if you're if you're, say, for example, a congresswoman and you stretch the truth just a little bit and you advertise that you were fearing for your life and you were a sexual assault victim or excuse me, a sexual assault survivor because of the situation that you made up that you weren't actually in. And you get a lot of sympathy out there from all the people that Mm. are following you. And then you also convince your friend to go on stage in front of a a large crowd and uh, cry and lament how she was also in this situation as well. And she wasn't actually there 
either. No, she wasn't. But the good news is, is that she's she's actually she's got a solution for this, right? Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is who we're talking about. She's got a solution for this. She's called for mass censorship after she's been caught lying about her ordeal on January sixth at the Capitol building, which she wasn't even there, by the way. That's what it's all about. Uh, she responded to being caught lying about what happened to her during the uh, Capitol right by demanding mass censorship. Hmm. So let's she just was, um, turn everybody to, else to off. A- yeah, well, she was, what, four blocks away, eight blocks away, something like that, something from like the, that, yeah. the nearest riot, quote unquote. Wasn't she calling for this on her own Instagram or Twitter or whatever? I believe well? so. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. She was telling the followers to go and, and find these people that are speaking out, pointing out the truth, and to uh, have them uh, report these people. It's not a problem at all or anything. All right. I want to swap over to uh, a little bit of COVID stuff. Now, I I, I'm, I really don't like talking about this, but some of this stuff today is just too good. We got a clip of Fauci coming up here soon talking about when those masks are going to come off. You'll be happy to hear when that's going to be. The CDC has now given an update on their face mm-hmm. mask guidance. And this is an official statement. And GP, you'll be happy to hear this. And, and I'm, I'm glad you're here on this to talk on this, or at least give a, uh, give a point or two on it. The CDC, they still have the guidance out that says that anyone above the age of two should wear a mask. So mm-hmm. they're sticking with that one. Uh, but they've now come out and they've endorsed double masking. They, they say that okay. that's the best way to uh, protect against uh, COVID. Uh, they updated it on Wednesday, and they are to include data from a recent lab experiment that found placing a cloth mask over a surgical mask, as well as using a properly fitted mask, was effective at stopping COVID spread. Did they mention that properly fitting means completely sealing, like an N95 mask? They say they say that the new guidance advises adhering to two important steps, namely making sure the mask fits snugly against the face and picking a mask with layers to keep your respiratory droplets in and others out. Additionally, the CDC advises using a mask with a nose wire, using a mask fitter or brace to improve fit, and checking to ensure that there are no gaps where the air may flow. So basically, it's it's just simple. If you don't have any airflow at all, then you're fine. You're fine. Yes. No airflow is awesome. Right, right. So no gaps mm-hmm. where the air may flow. None. So does that answer your question? Mm-hmm. So, so basically well, not a single mask in existence other than the N95s and a few of the K95s, the KN95s. I mean, a, a, a plastic bag would do fantastic. Yeah, yeah, plastic bag. Stopping airflow. Uh, we have to put a disclaimer in there for that because of yeah. what we kind of like what we did yesterday. Do not, under any circumstances, use a plastic bag or anything yeah. like that or zip ties or duct tape or any of the rest of it because, yeah, yeah that's that will that will do you harm. You know what? The, these people, I swear to you, I swear to you, people that develop respiratory problems based on this pseudoscience uh, crackpot, uh, what'd you call it yesterday, Bruce? Witch doctor, uh, yeah. shaman kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah this th- these people need to be held accountable for this type of nonsense. And I'm not even close to joking. I'm not even close to joking. They go on to say that the bottom line is, and I'm quoting here the head of the CDC. She says the bottom line is masks work. Uh, No, they don't. And they work best when they have a good fit and are worn correctly. So the masks do work against what they're designed to work against. Exactly. And, you know, fair point. That type of articulates. Fair point. Uh, But not against viruses. The agency had been waiting to see hard data before making any adjustments. Uh, Dr. John Brooks, the CDC's chief medical officer of the COVID-19 response, said during an interview 
uh, or excuse me, said during the Infectious Diseases Society of America, which they held a briefing last month, they said, he said by, or he's quoted by saying this, we want to put it out there that there are all the options that are available to people. If we can get people to mask, period, then that is the big first step. So see, they have to get you to do it first. I was going to say, where's the option? If he says all options are there, where's the option to not do it, perhaps, maybe? Is that is that an option? I guess that's a minute point, because the good news is, is that the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci, he's come out and he's he's made a statement. I've got the audio here. We're going to play it. And he's given a time as to when these masks are finished. I mean, we'll, we'll be able to remove them and you won't have to wear them anymore and we can get back to life as we know it. And so that's that's good news, right? That's good news. At least at least Dr. Anthony Fauci, has, who's been stellar during this entire outbreak, uh, of which I think he's pro- you know probably responsible for, um, he's come out and he's he's made a statement on Fox News on Brett Baer. And uh, well, let's just listen to hear what he had to say. Watching the Super Bowl last night, kudos to the NFL. They got the season through and it was exciting to watch. But is there going to be a time when we're going to be no masks? Uh, When is that time? If you had to guess, going to a sports game, going to a theater, going to a concert without a mask. You know, Brett, that will really be dependent upon how we get the level of virus in the community down. If we can get, and I have used this as an estimate, it's not definitive, that if we can get 70 to 85 percent of our population vaccinated and get to what we would hope would be to a degree of herd immunity, which really is an umbrella or a, or a veil of protection against the community, where the level of virus is so low, it's not a threat at all, then at that point, you could start thinking in terms of not having to have uniform wearing of masks. But we're certainly not near there yet. When no, do I no, think that no. would occur? You know, it's very difficult to predict, Brett, but if everything falls into the right place and we get this under control, it is conceivable that you might be able to pull back a bit on some of the public health measures as we get into the late fall of this year. But there's no guarantee of that, because if we don't get the overwhelming majority of the population vaccinated, there's still going to be a considerable amount of virus in the community. And as long as that's the case, Brett, people are going to have to wear masks. This is the same guy that was telling us that if we had 70 to 80 percent of the population in the U.S. wear a mask, then we would eradicate the virus. We had 90 percent of the United States wearing a mask. And where's the why? Why is the virus not eradicated yet? Now it's just they're moving the goalpost further and further back. They keep moving it. 14 days, 30 days, you know, wear a mask, social distance, shut down the country. Now it's it's this. Now now it's no longer masks aren't affected. You still have to wear them and you still have to socially distance. Even if even if you have a vaccine. Right, right. But now you have to have a vaccine and we can't go back to normal until we have a vaccine. When 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 are the people of the West gonna stand up and say, Okay, you're done. This is enough. We're going back to normal. You know, I, I think it, I think it's kind of uh, interesting that you bring that up because, I mean, I've been saying for months now, this ends when we say it ends and not a moment before. As soon as people stand up and say, damn it, that's enough of this and start holding these people accountable, that's when it's over. It's that simple. As I said before, I wish it was more complicated than that, but it's not. It's not. This ends when we say it ends and not a moment before. So Fauci says that in the beginning, you said if we have 70 to 80 percent mask compliance, is that, isn't that what he said? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, see, now he's 
altered that. And he says, if we can get 70 to 85% of the population vaccinated, well, then that will certainly help. But it's notice he says help. It, it won't, um, uh, it won't actually do anything. That will get us to a degree of herd immunity, which, by the way, the World Health Organization changed the definition of herd immunity to only being obtainable through mass vaccination of a population, by the way, uh, if you didn't know that. He went on to say that that would be just an umbrella or a veil of protection uh, against the community. Now, he says we're a long ways away in terms of thinking that we uh, have a, uh, an idea to return to normal. Okay. Well, uh, wh- why why is it that we were supposed to turn things off and turn them right back on in the beginning days? 14 days flat in the curve, off, back on. Okay, fine. No, hasn't turned into that. Now he says if everything falls into the right place and we get this under control, but it's not meant to get under control. It's a coronavirus. It's always meant to be there. It's a problem without a solution. Even if there was a solution, which we know what the solution is, the solution is to go back to life as normal, put these people in handcuffs and try them. That's normal. That's normal. That's how it goes back to normal. But again, if you continue to play the game, right, that's what this is. This is the game. That's what they're doing. They're toying with everyone. If you continue to play the game, then they're going to continue to lead you around the maze like a rat looking for a piece of cheese. That's what it's about. So he says, if everything falls into the right place and we get this under control, it's conceivable, it's conceivable, meaning it's not absolute, that you might be able to pull back a bit, a bit. See, it's again back to this successive approximation that I talk about. They will grab control of something. And then once you push back on it a little bit, then they'll release it, but not fully. And then once you stand down, then they'll come back on it even harder the next time. Successive approximation. It's been going on for a long time. This is how totalitarians and dictators and tyrants take over, is exactly this process. Only this time it's being done under the guise of COVID and public health departments, the bureaucracies. That's what it's being done with. I'm going to point to a word you just used there. Um, Go ahead. Bit. A bit. Yeah. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. You're right. There's a bit in people's noses pulling them around with this whole... COVID <laughs> a bit like a horse. <laughs> yeah, like a horse. That, that's exactly what's going on right now. Uh, he says that we might be able to pull back a bit on those public health measures, on some of those public health measures, not all, some, some of those public health measures as we get into the late fall. So see, they're already pushing us into next year. And then it's always, and, and you can bet it's going to be the next year and the next year and the next year and the next year. Again, it's never meant to end. But there's no guarantee of that, he says. There's no guarantee. See, you might be able to pull back on some of those a bit, but there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. Because if we don't get the overwhelming majority of the population vaccinated, there's still going to be a considerable amount of virus in the community. It's always meant to be there. It's a, again, it's a coronavirus. It's a common cold, right? That's the basis of a common cold is a coronavirus. It's always meant to be there. He says, and as long as that's the case, then people are going to have to wear masks, meaning they're never coming off. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. In reality, that's what he's saying. Well, uh, they have nine years to destroy our entire economy and get the people to be complicit, fully complicit. So yeah, why, why, why do we have nine years there, uh, Bruce, to destroy the 2030. economy? It's 2030. Oh, right. 2030 agenda. Right. Right. Got it. I'm just wondering. Anything uh, Anything you'd like to say on any of uh, what the saint that Dr. Anthony Fauci had to say there, GP? I've never seen a, a virology department where you could go into virology, the, especially contagious diseases, wearing two masks. It, okay, that, that's a no. That's an interesting point you bring up there. People that walk in and out of labs 
all of the time mm-hmm. in different departments. Well, depending on like which that. department. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, depending on which department. But people that, okay, let me put it this way. People that work with virus samples, okay, as, mm-hmm. as research mm-hmm. and, and work Virology and things lab. like that. Yes, yes, yes. Virology lab. People that work in these labs, what in the world must they be thinking to hear this type of nonsense that he has to say, and then the CDC coming out, flip-flopping again, and saying, oh, yes, two masks. Yeah, that's that, that'll that'll protect you, especially when, yeah, you seal up everything. And what, what do these mm-hmm. people that do this professionally, I'm wondering, because you see and talk to people like this, I'm wondering what they must be thinking in all this. Three masks, right? They, they wear three masks, not, not just two, right? right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you really want to get effective with it, Bruce, you need four. You need four. Oh, right, right. Four. Okay. Hmm. That gives you 100% effectiveness, right? Well, you also have to wear a red string on your left little finger. (laughs) You have to tie it to a little bow around your finger. (laughs) Yeah, a little bow on the left finger to get get the full protection. Yeah, it's it's annoying that these people will – I mean, you do have to give it to them because there is a virus. It is damaging to people, some people, a percentage of the population. It is. And it's deadly to another percentage of the population. And if you didn't say or do something, people will lose faith. Honestly, I think people are losing faith in public health and what we would formally consider science, as opposed to listening to these people. They're, they're not saving face except for, uh, I mean, a bunch of people that can't think for themselves. Oh, okay. Using, using that same logic, where was the CDC last year warning us about the flu or influenza? Or pneumonia. Where were they on those? I mean, those are equally as deadly. What about previous years? Where were they telling us to wear masks, socially distance? Actually, that's a good point. That's a good point you bring up. And it just so happens, just so happens, I have an audio clip of several different people, one of which being Dr. Anthony Fauci himself on masks just a couple of years ago. I have a compilation of not only him, but I've got Uh, Other people in there as well, such as World Health Organization experts, advisors, public health advisors, things of that nature. Let's take a listen to what they had to say over the last couple of years. And then uh, you've also got uh, Congress people uh, pointing out the effectiveness of uh, of masks uh, as well in this clip. But let's take a listen to what they had to say prior to all of this COVID stuff. Let's listen to what they had to say then. In all the history of respiratory-borne viruses of any type, asymptomatic transmission has never been the driver of outbreaks. The driver of outbreaks is always a symptomatic person. Even if there's a rare asymptomatic person that might transmit, an epidemic is not driven by asymptomatic carriers. From the data we have, it still seems to be rare that an asymptomatic person actually transmits onward to a secondary individual. Should you wear a mask if you're healthy? No. If you do not have any respiratory symptoms such as fever, cough, or runny nose, you do not need to wear a medical mask like this one. If you have cough, fever, and difficulty breathing, you should wear a mask and seek medical care. If you do not have these symptoms, you do not have to wear masks because there is no evidence that they protect people who are not sick. Masks are really not necessary and they may actually be unhelpful. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. Um, One is that we are often asked why we're not wearing masks. Uh, People think that there should be masks worn at all times. It may be uh, what you are recommended in your country, but in terms of WHO's 
guidance, as long as you can stay one meter apart, which we took care that we are one meter or more apart, then you don't need to wear a mask. And if you're not sick, you shouldn't be wearing a medical mask. But if you are, then you should. People who are sick wear a mask. We recommend that people who are around someone who's COVID positive wear a mask. But do not recommend that the general public wears masks as a protective mechanism. Nearly 500 people were recently exposed to a COVID-positive asymptomatic carrier. Zero got sick. The CDC, a couple weeks ago, did a study where they looked at every single other study in the entire world on face mask wearing. And this is what they found. The CDC found, quote, no reduction in viral transmission with the use of face masks. That was non-pharmaceutical measures in non-healthcare settings May 2020. So there you go. So what I, what I what I got from that was we should be wearing four masks and instead of just one. Mm-hmm. I got build me a new swimming pool and make it Olympic size. That's what yeah. I got. I, yeah, I don't know no. what you're what you guys that's, heard. I don't know yeah, what you heard. That's at all. what GP got because what GP is not telling you is he runs an N95 mask company. I mean that's that's really what he does. <laughs> <on the side. laughs> no, we're being totally facetious. He's not. Yeah, he doesn't do that. Okay. No. Um, Let's um let's jump over to let's jump over to schools. GP, you haven't ta- you haven't taken part in any of these school discussions that we've had. Are the schools in California are they still closed to to learning like to in person learning? Are they still closed? I'm curious. They've been closed to learning for many years. <laughs> for many years. <laughs> I don't know what you, where you've been, but they've been closed to learning for gosh at least ten years. Okay, that's a that's a fair enough point. Yeah, I'll I'll give you that one. Mm-hmm. But in, in all seriousness, they are they are still closed out there. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. Okay, mm-hmm. this is happening in in different areas across the country where the students are shall we say they're falling behind and falling behind by a lot. And so the parents are now demanding across the country that the schools reopen. Now the problem we talked about last week and and part of this week was that. You you have a conflict here in between the teachers unions and the politicians. That seems to be the holdup here. And the union side of it, you've got the union leadership that are in some cases holding back the teachers from going back to school and teaching in-person learning. And in other cases, you have the teachers that are not listening to or not wanting to listen to the union leaders and go back to school for the in-person learning. Or it's a combination of the two. So the politicians want to reopen, surprisingly. They want to reopen, but the unions here are the holdup. Now, Michigan parents, we'll talk about Michigan here for just a second. Michigan parents are demanding the return to in-person learning as failing grades rise. Parents in Mason, Michigan are organizing to demand students return to classrooms full time as COVID-related school closures drag on. And I saw the same thing, not from the parents, but actually from the students in California a couple of days ago. I believe it was in Los Angeles. It was at a park in Los Angeles. They held a rally demanding that the schools reopen. They want their lives back. The students do. The parents weren't out there arguing for it, but the students were. Students in Mason City School District currently go to in-person learning two days a week and virtually the other three. So I guess it's kind of like a hybrid thing that they're doing now. I don't know. This I think this is what Mike was talking about. We had him on Sunday, how they're doing two days and then they're off for three. And then, yeah, they alternate. Yeah. Ohio, my home state of Ohio, they're doing the same thing. One of the 514 parents that signed the petition said that she feels the options don't work for everyone. Of course not. Of course not. Your kids are supposed to be in school. You're supposed to be at work. That's normal life. 
I don't care what these idiots in public health departments have to say. That's normal life. You're supposed to be out there working a job and the kids are supposed to be in school or daycare or whatever it is, living their lives, building their social structure up in that aspect. That's what's supposed to be happening. Uh, another parent goes on to say these kids mental health are struggling a lot, uh, is struggling a lot, especially a lot in a lot of the older kids. They need to be in school. They need to have their sports. Yeah. Uh, she was referring to uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer's uh, ban on winter contact sports. You know, they had the protest about that last week. Great that you're out there protesting that. But let's protest on more than just that. Let's stop protesting on just the school sports. Let's protest on actually removing all of this and removing these people and getting back to normal. That's the fight here. That's the fight. Neighboring school districts have already shifted to fully in-person learning, proving that the option is safe. I'm not understanding why my child can only go two days a week to learn, but then the school is unlocked and he's able to get into the weight room for five days a week. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I wish I wish that was the case over here. Uh, let me see. Superintendent uh, of the school district argued the district is a uh, the district's hybrid model uh, provides flexibility to possibly increase in-person instruction in the future. In the future, you see. At the direction of the Mason Board of Education, the administration is continuing to look for ways to meet the in-person learning needs of as many students as possible. Then open the schools. Open the schools. What's the problem? Open the schools. Meanwhile, the number of failing grades is on the rise across the entire state. Michigan students saw more Fs on their report cards than usual this year, as many kids have struggled to keep up with online-only classes during, COVID, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Despite the efforts of teachers to keep students on track, K-12 schools have faced immense challenges with conducting distance learning. The abrupt closing of schools last March forced teachers to pivot quickly to remote learning in an unprecedented scale. School leaders say that students at all grade levels have struggled with online classes because there is a lack of face-to-face -face interaction with teachers. Of course, doing things virtually through a screen doesn't work in all cases. You can't just do that. We're designed to respond to other human beings in person. We're social people. We're not designed to be isolated like this. And then, of course, they go on to talk about how there's technical glitches and, and things like that, which provides, you know, problems of, you know, in and of themselves. So no Internet that day, slow Internet, lagging issues. You don't you know, you don't get all the class or whatever in Detroit. Listen to this. You're going to love this in Detroit. The schools, well, they they fixed that problem of failing grades. They fixed it completely. They don't have any failing grades in Detroit anymore. Do you know why? Because they eliminated the failing grades. That's what they did in Detroit. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what to say to this. Across the state, nearly one third of students who took an online class received a failing grade. One third. One third. In Detroit, schools eliminated D and F grades after about 20% of elementary and middle school students and 35% of high school students failed at least one class in the first quarter. Oh, there's an easy way. Well, we'll stop. We'll stop all those failing grades. We'll just eliminate the failing grades. There's a there's an easy way to fix that. Maybe maybe it would be beneficial to hire teachers that are actually concerned about educating kids. Um, that would be a start. But uh, you know, an immediate fix to that is um, I don't know. It, it, this is a term that it, it's a pretty archaic. Uh, you know, it's pretty pretty old. But um, held back. Yeah, you, you make them redo the year. No that, no that no no. Bruce, we can't do no. We can't harder. do that. Well, we can't do that. George Bush said we have no child left behind. Yeah, screw him and his no child left behind. <laughs> I, I, I agree that I, I don't want any child left behind. Agreed. But not by the ways you were doing it. We need teachers that are concerned about, you know, uh, kids' educations, right? As long as if we have teachers that really take that into consideration instead of having these union teachers unions that are basically trying to destroy public school or private schools 
and like charter schools and that sort of thing. And instead, we had unions that were more concerned about educating kids properly, you know, educating them how to think on their own, critically think, educating them on the basic foundations of, of you know, ma- the mathematics and science, English, you know, all the, all the history, all the, all the basic stuff that we all learned, you know, uh, instead of the nonsense, the racial justice. And ugh, I feel sorry for all parents nowadays, the, the kind of stuff that you, your kids are going to have to go through in schools and whatnot, even in areas around here. I've had relatives that have uh, just, they're adults now. But when they went through high school, the teacher was trying to indoctrinate them in socialism, saying how wonderful and beautiful socialism is. You're kidding me. No. And this is in this is in red country. This is down there in the middle of the boonies. Yeah. Well, you're right about the parents feeling the frustration uh, and they're right to point that they're right to point that out uh, in that uh, in that report there. But this is a I want to say it's a I can't remember where this was. Was this Oklahoma? The, the dude that's the dude that's screaming at the school board. Was this Oklahoma? No, I think that was like, I'm wanting to say that was like uh, Pennsylvania or something. It could have been. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's take a listen. I, I can't remember. I can't remember exactly where this is from, but this guy is called in to the, of course, I mean, there's, there's nobody, there's nobody else around there. There's like two people up there on the panel. He's talking to the school board about how the schools need to reopen, how the people that are certain workers, essential workers, they're around this stuff all the time whether it's a COVID or whatever, and they're not going out sick. They're not taking off of work. And so here's a frustrated parent talking to the school board. Now, there's a line of people out in the hallway because no one's allowed in there. There's this giant chambers in there. No one's allowed in there because of COVID. So it's just the security guard, him at the podium. And what was it, like three people up there on stage, something like that, that, that are up or excuse me, three people up there on the panel at the pulpit. So yeah, let's take a listen. It's, it's- it's one person at a time in there speaking and they're only given 60 seconds to speak. Yeah. And they're only allowed. Yeah. And, and they all they're only allowed 60 seconds to speak and they all have to wear these ridiculous masks on their face. Every single one. of them. All right. Let's listen to this. You should all be fired from your day jobs, because if your employers knew that you were more infi- inefficient than the, than the DMV, you would be replaced in a heartbeat. I literally just finished a conference call because I'm having to multitask to be here to, to address you guys. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. You think you're some sort of martyrs because of the decisions you're making when the statistics do not lie that the vast majority of the population is not at risk from this virus. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day more than anyone in this school system. Figure it out or get off the podium because you know what? There are people like me and a line of other people out there who will gladly take your seat and figure it out. It's not a high bar. Raise the freaking bar. So the uh, he's he's still uh, going. Hold on, he's still sure going. That, um, like they're they're pushing him out the door. I'll clean the microphone. Clean the microphone. Sir, your time is finished. Can you please leave the room? Okay. Thank you. I'll be back next time. In the next time, to open. Can I ask the deputy to please make sure the gentleman you hear this boardroom? You hear this? This degenerate up there on the podium who doesn't even give a damn about anything. What that poor man just said. Unbelievable. Yeah. The trend continued. Well, technically it was before him. Uh, They had a man who had a um, a disabled child uh, that came up. Uh, the, The child was unable to speak. Right. And so he scheduled 
for the child to speak, obviously he was speaking instead of the child, and then he was scheduled to speak after the child. Uh, so two separate speakers, right? So that should give him Garner two, two minutes of speaking. His time was up for the first one, and they said, okay, you're done, out of here. And he said, uh, no, I'm, I'm the next one. I'm, I, and, and they're like, no, there's, there, you only get 60 seconds per, per person. And he's like, so you're saying that my child, who is unable to speak on their own, I'm representing, I'm unable to represent them. And yeah, they don't care. They don't. They don't care at all. And I agree with what the man said. If you don't figure this out, then there's a line of people out there in the hallway that are willing to take those jobs, clean off your hands and figure it out for themselves. And that's what needs to happen here. This is the thing that we've been talking about here the last uh, week or so is if we're going to do this, then we're going to do this at the local level. Fighting this thing from the top down is not going to work. Where we're strong and where we're the most powerful is at the local level, which these people detest. They detest that. These people at the top, they detest the fact that we can actually manage and run our communities from the local level. And you don't need them. You don't need them at the top. And so you can remove these people, at least for the time being, the ones. Now, you heard her at the end there. The security guard, like he's up there dragging this guy off. And saying, okay, your time's up, sir. Uh, get get him out of here. And make sure we're wiping that down and cleaning the, the microphone before the next person comes in. The man's sitting here telling you sorry losers how to do your jobs, what you should be doing, speaking on behalf of all the people that are out there in the hallway that are behind him, and quite frankly, before him, and they don't care. They don't care. They don't care about any of this stuff. And on top of that, okay, if you look at it in terms like that, you say, okay, well, they don't care. What do you think they're teaching your kids in the classrooms? Yeah, that's uh, this. This is where it's kind of a uh, difficulty. I'm not for uh, the the things they teach in schools, but th this is kind of the predicament we're stuck in, right? We're we're having to try to do, we're trying to get our kids back in school, right? And yet these same very same schools are the ones that are teaching our kids, uh, basically indoctrination, indoctrinating them. It, it, it's really a, a bad situation to be stuck in. Indeed we are. Unfortunately, uh, I, I would like to continue on with that, but we are out of time, so we are going to have to go. Uh, I did, for those that are wondering, I did speak to, uh, speak to Marty yesterday, and he said that he is making a recovery, and we expect to have him back. If I didn't mention this before, we expect to have him back first part of next week. So we're happy to have him back. Looking forward to getting back to UK conversations, and I'm sure all of our UK listeners will be happy to have him back as well. Uh, so it's uh, it's going to be good to have him back. But we will see him first part of next week. And we hope you continue to make that recovery, Marty. And when I did call him, he was in the middle of a of a work day not playing World of Warships when I called him. I'm sure GP will be happy to have him back as well. Yes, absolutely. Anything else you, uh, you, you want to put any final thoughts in there, GP? Both sides suck. <laughs> We, we were actually talking about schools, GP. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But yes, both sides suck. Yeah, you're right. All right, we are going to have to go. So we would normally plug our socials. Parlor's still not back up yet. Uh, they were calling it to be back up on Monday, but it's still not back up yet. But in the meantime, we're promoting our Telegram channel. If you're not on Telegram yet, you are wasting time. Get over there. Get signed up to Telegram. Look us up when you get over there. Search for Dynamic Independence. Our public channel will pop right up. Join our channel. You'll get all of our podcasts we put out here. Plus, you'll get an exclusive podcast that we're going to have GP on this week, and we'll pick through some random conversations and random topics that uh, I'm sure he'll be happy to give his view on uh, with an extended vocabulary uh, if we can get him off that little 
that little beeping sound whenever he talks and he, he says a word. If we can get him off that. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yes. Do give us a follow over on Telegram. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow here as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you can give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars should be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, gentlemen, that'll do it for the evening. Thank you guys for being here today. Thank you all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.